0: I feel like uh, uh, this year for Christmas, I'm a real glutton. I'm gonna get some uh, some socks, and uh, yeah. you know, and we'll get Pete sweaty out here, do some sweaty balls. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. So, yeah, you know, and and, and I I want to just start right off with I have a bone to pick with you, and my bone to pick with you is I can't spend a fucking dollar on anything without thinking about. <laughs> what you would say if you saw it like dude did you buy that like what the <laughs> and yeah like it, like it, what it, 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 d- e- I'm, seriously i'm not kidding you if i buy it and it's got a battery in it or if it plugs into the <laughs> wall or i use it at the motorcycle shop <laughs> like i'm embarrassed to tell you this i'm just going to tell you this straight up i bought a welder cool i bought a an eastwood TIG welder
1: yeah, how do you like
0: it? I haven't even used it yet. I've owned it for a year and a half, and I haven't used it because... <laughs> Why would not you use it? Because I, I, I just...
1: Who makes their welder?
0: I don't know. It's somewhere in China, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. I'm glad to hear anybody that's getting into welding and shit for themselves, you know?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I I I, I can that, lean closer so you don't have to jank the game. Like that. Yeah, you probably have to, Yeah, you're going to have to be a little closer. You're good right there, though. But, um,
1: could you hear feedback? I know
0: well and I'm gonna to try to do the best i can. that's where I'm running into the biggest problem is editing things out but but yeah, I just I wanted to put that out there that i buy i i I purposely have to go buy stuff that's made by Apple if I ever find out that you have a droid huh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i I don't think I would ever ever talk to you again Mm-mm. you know i would lose definitely lose a lot of respect for you, but no even by uh, buying tools especially yeah. because <clears throat> and I was talking about this with Kevin that um, when I watch you, when I watch you work, and I had an opportunity to watch you work for a, you know extended period of time. I worked when I worked with you in oh six. Are
1: you recording now?
0: I am. Uh, right, I'm going to stop here in just a minute though, and, cool. and back up, and I just want to make sure that there's no feedback or anything weird. What's the biggest thing? The couple things I want to talk about, and, that, and I purposely didn't have an agenda because. I wanted things to happen organically, and I, and you know I I have a tough time planning certain things, and this is one one of those things that the last thing I want to do is sit down with you and have a contrived conversation. But there's some things that I definitely want to make sure that we talk about, and i want to, one of the things I want to talk about is your metal shaping class, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I want people to understand like what that's about, like how much of that is um, how much of that is getting somebody to to have an aha moment where they can do something that they never thought they could how much of that is um a builder that maybe doesn't realize his his or her lack of of actual you know like I can weld fairly well you've you've seen my welds I can I but I don't understand what's going on and then I know that, that you you do I mean I, you taught me I took that class and and I I learned a considerable amount but I still don't understand exactly what's going on so break that down for me and, and for the listeners
1: well, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of people don't, I don't think f- people fully, uh, uh, let me put this the right way, I think a lot of people don't give themselves enough credit. You know, they immediately think or look at something and they think, oh, I can't do that, I can never do that, or that's too hard or too far out of my reach. So I sort of think everybody can do it. You know, it's just a matter of, finding that talent in you, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's a pretty different, that's a much different um, a much different take on it than what a lot of people would have. A lot of people <clears throat> would say the exact opposite, that too many people think they can look at something and go, I can do that.
1: Um, well, I think there's a lot of people that um, do look at things and, and think that, and there's nothing wrong with it, you know, but it seems to me that more people think they can't do something, so they're afraid to try it. Or, you know, oh, I'm not creative, or I'm not artistic, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. But they don't even try. So if you don't try, like
0: yeah, you'll why, never know.
1: You know why bother talking about it? You know.
0: Well, <clears throat> so when you when someone wants to take that that metal shaping class, who who's the most what's the most common student? I mean, what, uh, what is what's somebody that
1: has an interest? You know, just the metal shaping class. 95% of the time, it's people that have no experience at all with metal. Um, never used an English wheel. Never. Most of them have never even seen a wheel in person. Um, many of them have never used snips, you know? So very basic skill sets as far as metal concerned. But the one thing they do have in common is that they're not afraid to try, and they're there because they want to learn something, you know? Right. And it's just a matter of really trying it and learning it and doing it, you know. And then you go from there. Um, but I think a lot of people too, yeah, they get they get overwhelmed with it. They try to bite off more than they can chew. Their first project, try to make
0: a tank. Their first, their exact, first, their I first was just time out. Saying, yeah. yeah, I I still have uh, I have the tank side that I made at that in that class because you had us do two things. You had us make. Uh, tank side right on and then you had I wanted to make a fender right on which I used I actually used it on that Triumph that you did the shoot for that was on the cover that was the fender that I made
1: that's cool man.
0: in your metal shop class I think I knew
1: that yeah I think I don't know I sort of think everybody can do that type of stuff you know we all come from the same
0: cut from the same cloth to some degree
1: you know what I mean it's like
0: especially if you're into this kind of stuff you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I mean um Where did what's the furthest you've had somebody come to travel to take to take that class?
1: Oh Netherlands, uh Germany. Uh man, I had a guy recently, where was he from? He was Dutch. Wow. So yeah, quite a ways, you know. And it's cool, you know, it's it's a good deal. And uh, like I said, everybody gets something out of it. That's what's cool about it at the end of the day, you know? It's like everybody gets something out of it at the end of the day. They walk away with something, you know?
0: How humbling is it when you have people travel that far? I mean, obviously, there's some craftsmen in Europe that still, I mean, you know, oh, absolutely. you know, in dark corners of, of you know, places and, and things like that. How humbling is it when you have somebody come over here to, to do that with you? I mean, obviously, it speaks very highly of your skill set and, and your talent, but... You know, you've got to have uh, certain tools that you have mastered, and you've got to have a lot of tools in order to teach somebody properly, you know, the proper way to do any, anything like that.
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. You know, it, it sure is.
0: So we were talking about the, uh, the metal shaping class, and you've had people come from as far as the Netherlands and stuff like that. Um, what kind of skills do you, you know, you're always obviously, you know, it, it, it's, it's not just because you master a tool. That you're done with it, like you can do more with it and more with it. But what eludes you right now, as far as like, obviously, I, I know you've you've studied with uh, with Ron Fournier. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Ron and I worked together uh, quite a bit, and we still do. You know, I still go over there and help them a lot.
0: So and you have, and also you've worked with Faye Butler mm-hmm. on more than one occasion. What, where do you draw? Where do you draw from? I mean, what's the next skill set for you that you need that, that eludes you? I mean, you're obviously, your bikes get more and more complex as time goes by. I mean, they're all still motorcycles, but y- I can, you can see there's like this, this organic growth that, that, where things change where you still have your style, but you're working in new talent and where do you, where do you get that from?
1: Mm, I keep looking at it from the standpoint of almost like that standpoint of perfection. You know, you, you're never perfect. You you never, you're never perfect, but you're always striving for a little bit better than the last time. You know what I mean? So, right. So
0: you're doing the best you can, and you do. You know, you're you're you hit the mark.
1: You're constantly pushing. You're you know you're always pushing yourself. You're always you know the, a craftsman really battles has this this inner battle with perfection constantly, where you're 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 trying to wonder and you're 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 you're, not, you're trying to decide when when to stop. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like, you're always pushing, you're always working, you're trying to make it better than last time, and you're trying to learn from it. I'm always learning. You know what I mean? You're learning different techniques, you're trying different things. And to me, that's what it's about. It's it's about development. And, and that's really, in my own work, I've seen that over the last couple of years, specifically probably within the last, you know, three years or so, where I've really... Every time I do a build, I really try to i push myself further and further as far as that that level of perfection and detail that isn't really matched too often. You know what i mean where where you're you're just continually sort of pushing yourself away from everybody else as far as detail goes and and trying to um, trying to just come up with new and different things and different ways of doing the same thing.
0: Do you find yourself gravitating towards the same? Like, <clears throat> I'm. I, you don't strike me as a very concrete, sequential, where like everything has to happen. Like everything has to happen in a certain way. Like if you're going to build a tank, that it has to go this, this, and this. I mean, obviously, you have a design in your head or on a piece of paper, and that. But do you find? you ever catch yourself going to the same same drawer of the toolbox, getting the same snips, the same patterns, and using the tool in the same way? Or do you, when you approach a product, a project, are you absolutely clean sheet in yourself? I mean, how do you, how do you hit the reset?
1: Oh yeah. I don't really do the I like, I don't duplicate too many things in my work. I very rarely do. So, you know, it's different techniques, different styles, different designs. I very, very rarely will do the same thing twice. Fender's probably the only thing I ever really duplicate, you know? What's your,
0: what's your favorite tool in the shop?
1: Oh, it's hard. I like the wheel, because I like the um, simplicity of it, and the fact that it's quiet, and the fact that it's it's just you. You know, it's very, it's sort of zen, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I really enjoy that a lot. The hammers and stuff are just speed, so that's fun to play with. And I like f- flame welding a lot, oxy-acetylene welding a right. lot. Because it's pure, you know, and that's a real that's real settling for me, you
0: know, do you find anything that kicks your ass? I mean, is there something that you have in your shop that you keep it around? It's kind of like that you, you need, it's that, that, uh, that elephant in the room that you, you have to keep you there, keep it there to keep you on, on, uh, on an even keel. Like there's a tool that you have to, you have to have to do your job, but that kicks your
1: ass from time to time. No, not really. Not really. You know, probably the, um, The the only thing that really, you know, I'm not a machinist. I've never had any like formal training as a machinist at all or anything like that. So everything I do is, as far as machinery goes, you know, working on a lathe or a mill is is really self taught and read and and trial and error type stuff. So
0: well, the good part about that is is you're not looking you're not looking to develop um, something that's very repeatable very easily. You know, you have there's some it's the same work. it's really it's using the those tools that are very precision to do something that uh that's organic.
1: Yeah, man. I mean it I, I get by, I do it fine, you know what I mean? But banged up plenty of tools which sort of sucks like you go to the tool shop and you spend 150 bucks on a cutter and break it the minute you get back that blows ass yeah you know and i've done that once or twice so <laughs> that's not cool at all that really bums me out but but you also don't have own stupid fault you, know? you don't
0: have a go-to on that though as far as you do you do your own thing like you don't have like a machinist that works for you that that's all he does you don't have a machinist that you job things out to because you can't do something
1: No, I've got a machinist that I'll job things out to, and it's mostly not because I can't do something. If I job out, it's for one of two reasons. Either um, it's faster, you know what I mean? Like, the simplest thing for a machinist might take me, you know, half a day to do by the time I set it up and all that stuff, where they can, like, it's, they're a machinist, they bang it out fast, so they can, like, knock it out. So... Sometimes I'll pay somebody else to just do that because it'll be like, you know, flip him a hundred bucks as as far as as opposed or, to or charge
0: yourself. Yeah, if you four you, hours exactly you know, my it, time it's seventy bucks an hour.
1: <laughs> so there's a that's like know, the
0: five dollar bolt right. You've got to stop working and send somebody down to the bolt place to buy one bolt that costs
1: fifty cents. Yeah, it's you know. the economies of scale sort of. You know what I mean? Like in that regard, but um and then the other reason too is. um like a good example is uh, sometimes with foot pegs and things, I'll design the foot peg and I'll prototype it myself, and then I'll give it to the uh, I'll give it to a machinist to to replicate and knock out a couple of them for me because you know, like I said, quite honestly, I can knock out the prototype faster than I can you know
0: replicate it. Replicate anything else?
1: Three or, <clears throat> or four of them, or however many I need. You know? Right. So. That what uh, type of stuff
0: how uh, how much of an impact and, and this is a stupid question this is going to sound like a stupid question but I'm I'm looking for a pretty high level answer from somebody that I think has a a very unique view on it when you look at what happened to us um us being detroit where did that put voodoo choppers for a while you know as far as the, the attrition that went on in the auto industry
1: oh yeah you know um yeah it was so it's sad, you know, and I'm so glad that it's getting better around here, but it was really hard and and it really sucked to you'd see like you know people come in and you know my workflow dropped down, you know and the amount of work we had in the shop dropped down definitely, you know, and that and we took it, we took a hit here at the shop as far as what we were doing. Um, so that definitely impacted us, but what really sucked was like, you know, so many people come by and looking for part-time work or whatever, and they're losing their houses. And, you know, I know quite a few people that were with, you know, different companies that lost their pension or they were, you know they're constantly worrying about losing their pension. And,
0: yeah, I mean, the, the, you're, really, there's a toll that happens from that too, as well. It's horrible,
1: man. It was sad. Really sad. <clears throat> you hate when that happens to anybody. You know what I mean?
0: And you, so you see that getting a little better?
1: Yeah, I think so. You know, um, voodoo has been been pretty busy for uh, quite some time now, and you know, even even right now we're we're full till spring of next year already. If you uh, if you had a
0: map of let's say yeah right (laughs) if you had a a a map of the United States or the world or what and you had to draw a circle around where your footprint your 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 company's footprint is largest is it is it around the Great Lakes area or is it is it not can you not put a you can't really put a stamp on like that
1: yeah we're still shipping stuff all over the place that's good yeah that's cool Um, that's really cool you know it's it's awesome. Fantastic.
0: Are you doing? I, you've always you've always had uh, a line of quality parts that that people could could get from you, your foot controls. And I I know you you know you can make oil tanks and gas tanks and things like that. Is that do you still see that stuff going? Do, is that stuff still going over the curb? I mean, are people still building their own stuff? Or is your stuff really isn't necessarily like something that someone's going to buy go buy a 2008 Dyna mm-hmm. and put a set of voodoo controls on it. Not that they couldn't. I mean, I, I know, you You know, you, you definitely have some late model stuff that you've done that's really high end. Like, uh, for instance, the Dyna you did for, for Rick Mullick, Yeah. that was, I mean, that's a very good example of a, of a late model bike that had your spin on it appropriately and looked right. But, you know, does that stuff still go still go out?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're still doing, like, uh, we call them rebirths, you know, where somebody right. brings in a, a stock model and we redo it. You know, we've done a fair amount of them. Um, it seems like, you know... Every year we do a couple of them, and to different degrees. And some of them are really complicated, and some of them not as complicated, you know. So some of them are like full frame ups, re-engineer the frame, and you know you're you're doing just as much work as if it was a, a free build, you know what I mean? But
0: or or more, more sometimes because yeah. you have to unengineer what's what's put there by a factory engineer that had a reason why it was there. So you remove some of his structural integrity. That's one of the things that I definitely change
1: the structural integrity
0: what did i say remove Re- well i think yeah you're removing his necessarily and you have to put your own in and what i'm getting what i the point i wanted to make was that um i've never cut a frame like i've never cut the neck off i've never done it and i don't have really any desire to do that because one of my best friends has a frame chick. and i just send it to you right on, yeah. <laughs> but people don't understand that i mean you know am and i'm hoping that this podcast gets in the into the into the the iPods of of people that are you know truly love motorcycles and don't necessarily aren't necessarily the builder types, but they want you know they want to know about that stuff. So take somebody through when you cut a cut a frame. You know, one of the things I learned from you was about the energy that's stored in things when when it's put together. So can you kind of talk about is it possible to articulate that into a conversation about how when someone cuts a frame in a garage, all bets are off at that point,
1: right? Yeah, you know the weird thing that's like. You know, a lot of, especially you see it a lot with the baggers now because everybody's like, you know, really into the baggers. So, um, and there's a lot of people that are buying, you know, 26-inch wheels, 23s <laughs> and the 30s and stuff. Taking
0: a bike that's meant to ride across the country and then making it absolutely as unridable as possible. <laughs> yeah, and the and
1: the, what's sort of, I don't know, weird is that, like, some people are... A lot of people are, it's the same thing you saw on choppers, you know what I mean? Like when people were selling rake neck kits, you know, to put longer front ends on their bike, you know, well, the same thing's happening with baggers now a lot too, where, you know, they, they don't have a clue what the hell they're doing. They, they don't, and it's usually not at the consumer level. It's usually the, you know, the part shop or the builder or whoever, I mean, they don't know what they're even dealing with so they're totally you know putting these
0: have these you seen masses. those kits where they're, they're actually cutting the neck off yeah. and then there's like it, ins- they're making a neck that That's inserts yeah. into the i yeah. mean the, logic would dictate to somebody who doesn't know any better that that you know i mean there's gotta everything's fine you just put these plates on and you weld it up afterwards and everything's yeah. good
1: yeah but, but I mean, and then people don't even check it they just weld it up and it's I don't know. That's just not how I do things. You know what I mean? It's like, if that was what works for you, that's cool. But that's not how I do it here at Voodoo. So, then I, I won't. <laughs> you no, know what I mean? Well, like, yeah. I do things my way or I don't bother doing it. So
0: what are, you, what are you doing the most of right now? I mean, what style of bike do you see? I mean, you know, like you had mentioned, <clears throat> people are into baggers now. Yeah. Um, people, uh, 10 years ago, it was choppers. I mean, high, high necks. And then, mm-hmm. you know, there's some pro streets and stuff in there. And, um, what, where do you see things going now? I mean, I, I personally, I see the scene stir, that whole little group of people that are growing homeless beards and wearing denim. And I, it's, I think it's kind of funny. And I don't know if I think it's funny because I'm sitting back and laughing at it because it's, I've been doing this long enough that it's kind of laughable to me. Or if that's really like, a, if that's the way things are going,
1: um, I don't know, I don't pay attention to it, to be honest with you. I really don't. I don't pay enough attention to it at all. Because it doesn't really matter to me. I enjoy building motorcycles. So whether it's a full body bike or a bagger or a bobber or a digger or a high-neck or whatever, man. I just, I enjoy building them. I enjoy the challenge of it. And I like them all. So the biggest rule for me is that, like I said, I'm not going to. I don't cut corners at home yeah i tend to do everything i possibly can to make it the highest quality i can put out there and, and that's that so i don't really care where it goes next I, i'll be there you know what i mean i'll still be doing what i want to do so um we're doing a lot of bobbers still we're still doing high necks. we're still doing pro streets i mean everybody likes everything you know what i mean we,
0: so there's still there, there's every every different genre of bike still has its audience and it's still
1: yeah man yeah you know um i haven't really done baggers mostly because i'm not a glass guy you know what i mean like i don't have a problem doing a bagger i'd love to but i'll do it out of metal i'll do it out of did you
0: not to not to brag on somebody but did you see Jim nazi's uh some of the metal baggers he was doing?
1: Yeah, it's nice. Real nice stuff. That
0: guy is... Beautiful. It's I had no fast. idea. Yeah, I had no idea. He's very, very talented. Very I, you know, Give yep. him give him some shouts out on that. Um, I find that um, the, the industry is kind of... I feel like everybody kind of took their bat and ball and went home a little bit. And it, hopefully you're sharpening your pencils. Is there anybody that, or any particular thing that stands out to you? You said you don't really pay attention to the trend... But is there anybody that's doing anything that you're just like, holy shit, that's, that's solid. That's top, you know, you know, an an aha moment where you're like, man, I wish I would have thought of that. It's a cool idea.
1: Um, There's a ton of stuff I like, you know what I mean? Like, especially with, you know, Facebook and Twitter and all the other social media out there. You see stuff all the time. I see bikes all the time that are just awesome, you know what I mean? And they're beautiful bikes Um, and all kinds of different forms of it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so there's tons of stuff out there there's a lot of talented builders out there you know it's it's cool and i think maybe that is one of the good things about what's going on now is that you know the there's a lot of good people out there now that are still really working hard to put out a good product you know where do you uh
0: where do you get your where do you get your like your your information from and you know i mean obviously there's lots of sources you just mentioned lots of different social media i mean do you follow people on twitter do you do you you know where do you where do you get like your uh where do you get your your news from or you know your information from on a regular basis
1: yeah i still i follow people on twitter and facebook and stuff like that i don't post a whole lot all the time but (laughs) I (laughs) i just don't you know i i uh I, I don't know. It's not how I am. I guess you know what I mean. So, right. Um, but I love seeing all the stuff out there. And, you know. And honestly, I'm I sort of removed from from the industry a little bit because I I don't go to the rallies like I used to. I don't. Why know, is
0: that? You just you've had enough, or you uh, think it's unproductive, or you think it's
1: no? I I enjoy going to them. I enjoy having a lot of fun, but. Um, I don't know, for a while there, it just seemed like there was a lot of, uh, just a lot of posers and a lot of BS out there and a lot of bullshit, man. Just, I do this because it's what I want to do. It's what I love doing. I like working with my hands. I love it. I'm blessed, man. You know what I mean? Right. I'm blessed that this is what I'm able to do and I'm able to put food on my table and, you know, a house over my head and take care of my daughter and, you know absolutely blessed man and it is what it is you know my the only person that I'm really in any competition with is myself you know what I mean like I like to look at the bikes I like to talk to people and stuff but I don't really give a shit about all the um, politics of it and the, you know what's going on here and what's going on there and all this other crap and I don't really care for all that and Sometimes do you, those rallies are sort of a lot of that. You know? A
0: little bit of a little bit of glad handing. Do you see yourself? Uh, do you see Voodoo Choppers having that kind of um, ha- having that kind of uh, presence in or any kind of presence in the future in an official capacity and, and things like that? I mean, you know, I mean, do you do you go not going to Sturgis uh, enough times where you go? You know what? This is the year I'm going to go and I'm going to take you know this bike and this bike and this bike. And I mean, it, you know, when, you and I have traveled in the past before where we've loaded up. I think six bikes or something in your trailer and mm-hmm. gone to to an event. I mean, there was events that you you absolutely you know I'm going to be at this event because this is an event that I enjoy, and I and I think you always went to events that you enjoyed like thoroughly. That was like the 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 impetus for that. Like I, I know we used to go to the smokeout, and uh, I know you love going to Sturgis, but I think what you like about Sturgis is the riding and getting away from the event. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, which mean, is kind of a, a, a little.
1: Yeah, that's like. The last time I was in Sturgis, that was, it was cool because I didn't really have a whole lot of business obligations there. You know, I think I had, like, a couple things I had to go do or take care of out there. So I was able to spend, like, a lot of time just riding and staying away from people. And that's what I enjoy, you know. It's not that I'm antisocial. It's just that, like I said, I, I'm not interested in uh, in, uh there's you, a lot of bullshit, a lot of games. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: I, I know what you mean. I, I've never seen you to be one to put your bike in a bike show and try to get somebody's opinion on what you did. I mean, you've you've already established you, you do what you want. You, you do the best job you can. There's really getting a trophy for doing what you want. and the, I think the trophy is that you got it done, right? That you did what you wanted to do. Yeah, and oh yeah. People have to look at it like that. Um, so where... Give us some backstory on on Voodoo. I know. Here's what I know. I know it started in 1999. I know it started in your
1: in your mom's garage, if I remember correctly. Um, well, in 99, I was, you know, had my own place and in the back of my uh, back of my house, you know, by, like the garage behind my house. Okay, so thing, it, you know?
0: I'm I'm a little off there, but
1: yeah, a couple of years. Okay, <laughs> well, but yeah.
0: I mean, you were a you were an IT guy at Xerox, were you not? I mean, there was, you was suit and tie, and you were the dude that fixed people's computers at work or something, didn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was with Xerox for,
0: and you came about that position in a very unique manner. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I mean, you were one step shy of the the kid in the eighties movie that could hack into the, <laughs> you know. I mean, weren't yeah? I mean, wasn't there something something a, a, to akin to that?
1: Yeah, I. I uh... Um, still enjoy computers and technology and I'm still a nerd, you know, like deep down inside, you know, you can, I don't know, people, people that know me well laugh at me because I do what I do for a living and I'm all tatted up and stuff. And then I go home and, you know, I'm on the computer all night, you know, (laughs) doing this or doing that. And pretty much everything I do for the business is, is, um, is strictly online. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've done. I've run the business online and on computers completely for forever, you know, and scanned images and all that other BS. So, and I still enjoy it, but, um, yeah, I started Voodoo in 99 and, uh, um, just sort of went from there. You know, we, we, uh, moved into a shop, a commercial shop in 2000 and never looked back. You know what I mean? You can't, look back you gotta keep moving forward
0: your first bike that you did um that got any recognition um magazine wise was the fxr right oh yeah 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 that had aluminum tank on it that you made Mm -hmm.
1: yeah there was a a couple fxrs i had done and the one i did for myself was like this flat black one when did i build that I think I did that in 99-ish, 98, 99-ish, you know, right mm. around there. And that was flat black, had a copper motor, you know, powder coat motor right. and um, drivetrain and then uh, aluminum fuel tank and and that bike, somebody contacted me recently. They own that bike now. I forget. I think it's still in Texas.
0: The FXRs are coming back into popularity a lot right now. I mean, it's a totally different FXR, but, um, you know... Uh, it's the one that, they, that everybody seems to want. Is you know very West Coast looking with T-bars and a quarter fairing and yeah, you know, and they want to put on their Sons of Anarchy costume and, and ride around and look for Jacks.
1: Yeah, it, I don't watch that show. I so. can't. <laughs> I can't.
0: I'm, I try. I really. I honestly try because I try to like. I hear it's my a great self. show. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's it's based on loosely on Hamlet. Oh. And, uh, in, in which I've never read, I, I say that like, I'm, you know, like I'm this very, you know,
1: yeah. but
0: no, um, but I can't, I just, I don't know. I try and try and then it, and then it falls off and then I'm like six weeks behind. So I just get updates
1: from, yeah, from man. Me. I just, you know, I don't watch a ton of TV and, uh, I don't know. I just never, never watched it. One of these days I will though. I'd like to eventually catch up on it. I'm big on the the netflix streaming you know and you just like hammer down and watch like oh yeah you, you know you, three or four
0: seasons you pray like, for like an upper respiratory infection so <laughs> you can lay in bed no. <laughs> and just what just like get get like immerse yourself in some mindless you know netflix banter
1: yeah dude I just, you know I'm, i don't sleep very well so i end up watching a lot of that crap at night you know like i'll you know watch you know some tv show from netflix that you know. I'll watch
0: some documentary and then I'll be all scared. Like, the, the, <laughs> like I, I can't eat. Cor- I watched Food Inc. and like I can't eat corn anymore. Oh
1: uh, yeah, I don't yeah. watch stuff like that. You know, <laughs> dude. It doesn't. I don't need too much to freak me out about stuff. So
0: yeah, I mean, you don't walk around having an anxiety attack because uh, I'm putting Monsanto, um, you know, hydrogenated soybean shit in my in my system. So
1: yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. To be honest with you. Yeah,
0: well, you don't. You don't want to know. It's 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 very scary.
1: It doesn't sound, it doesn't sound fun. I can tell you that much. No, it's
0: not a barrel of laughs. Um, <clears throat> I lost my train of thought. Where uh, out of all the bikes you've built, which one? Which one's the one that, that got away to where you're like, damn, you know what? That would have been. You know, you've you've built several bikes that have been you know that have gone worldwide, and and there are lots of different places. What's the one that you want to have in your state? If you could only keep one, what's the one that you'd want back that you want to keep for yourself?
1: probably superstition the discovery bike you know the, the one we did in know for because it was um, it was special you know it was a cool bike it was a group effort um, made a lot of friends during that time and a lot of memories with it you know what I mean so that's the one bike that that I probably uh, should not have sold that
0: that bike was the um, was the first bike to make that discovery ride out of any, any of the shows up to that point, right? That without a mechanical failure, uh, was it not? was there? I heard something to that nature.
1: Yeah, I, we didn't have mechanical failure. We ran out of gas all the time. Well, yeah, but, but
0: I mean, it was the first we one. to not break, break the motor or anything. Or anything. I mean, they, all yeah. the other bikes had had some sort of, you know, mechanical failure, some some sort. I of thought up to that point. I don't know if I, if that's if there's any truth to that or not. But yeah. some of the lore that surrounds surrounds that what did that do for you in 04 in i mean you know obviously
1: it was awesome you know it was really cool it was fantastic you know um i was really glad that i was part of it and it was it was amazing you know what i mean but i don't know it's it's so long ago you know what i mean like yeah it's almost I've been 10 years s- done so it's much since years. then that
0: <laughs> yeah well, I mean, so superstition's the bike that got away what's what's the bike that you're that maybe you step back at and you look and it doesn't have maybe it doesn't have that emotional attachment, but it has that you know, S, you know that craftsman attachment to it where you're like, man, you know I, I really feel like you know i I went way outside my comfort zone and and I'm happy with with what I got outside of my comfort zone I mean, do you have a bike that stands out like that I mean,
1: they all do you know like <clears throat> quite honestly, all the full builds. And I could look at him and see them in progression in my mind's eye, you know like you, you just sort of see the refinement keep moving and that that you keep drawing that line in the sand and changing it and changing it and changing it and you just keep refining everything everything you do you you start refining it more and more and more and more and and it's it's down to the last detail you know to me it's still you know if you truly want to see how Good, a builder somebody is. You look at the way they mount things, you know, because you can't really hide that. Right, and that'll answer ninety percent of your questions, because that shows really the forethought that's involved and the craftsmanship that's involved,
0: and the amount of abuse that you anticipate that that bike's going to go under. Like one of the bikes that sticks out for me is um, that you did was Super Freak. Oh
1: the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: mean that's a redo but there's a lot of what that's the one uh, that has the sugar bear yeah. front end on it. Yeah, yeah. The coil mount with the, yeah. the fork tongue in it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think And you, have that bike's been back here. That's a good one to like, that's been back here several times. And there's like that, that progression where it starts one place and starts another and it just kind of grows into where, you know,
1: yeah. The, um, gentleman that owns that bike, he's really cool. And he, uh, he doesn't live in state any longer, but I mean, every year for years, he brought it back in and we would, you know, once we did the initial build, then every year we would do something different, you know, like we, we added the, you know, foot controls one year and then another year we did the Springer and then another year we did the, the motor mount on it, I think. And and every year he would change, you know, a little bit and tweak it a little bit more and more and more. And it was really cool. You know what I mean? So I think those
0: bikes are fun. I mean, you know, yeah. that's a bike that gets ridden, too. I mean, that started out. a hell out of that. Yeah. Guy. I mean, that, that, and you can with that Sugar Bear front end. Yeah. Uh, I, I rode, when I rode that bike, there's two bikes that I've ridden that you built that blew me away, and one of them is Super Freak. And I attribute that to a combination of all the, 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 the thought that went into that bike and that Sugar Bear front end is really top-notch.
1: His front ends glide. That's what's different about it. Yeah, they're, they're not just,
0: like a Springer. They're it just dry, not...
1: It rides like a Caddy, man. It's just like, you know, floats, man, like an old Fleetwood. <laughs> you yeah. know? And the
0: other, the other bike that I remember that I rode that I absolutely love, I don't know if you remember... Longhorn. Me yeah, Longhorn. Yeah.
1: That thing rode like a
0: Caddy, too. <laughs> I turn. I could turn that thing in a smaller circle than I could a Sportster. Yeah, dude. Because it it, you exaggerated some of the things um, aesthetically, but the engineering on that bike was solid. And I've ridden some bikes that other people have built that have been just absolute lumps of shit that don't turn and then have just as much money and parts in them, but they're just, they're, there's not, it's it's devoid of that of that point of, of engineering.
1: Yeah, that's a, one of my favorite bikes, too, by far. You know, that he's a great customer, too. He's a great guy. I talk to him all the time.
0: He's still down in Texas, right? Yep. And you sure, did another sure. bike for him, didn't you? Or we're gonna?
1: Uh, nope, just did one for him
0: cause I remember that that bike got shipped back somebody damaged, someone damaged
1: it in shipping. Yeah. Going yeah. down to him and yeah, it came it right back. That was a bummer, man. That was a bummer. But we took care of it and the shipping company, they're great people. They stood behind it and still use them to ship bikes today, so. That's cool.
0: Um <clears throat> Where's uh where are things as far as your parts line? I mean, you've taught talk- same
1: place they've been the last eight years. <laughs> They're always in development. You know, we just—I've been so busy, especially now, man. Like the last—the last, the last year's been crazy for me. I'm in and out of the shop constantly, and and um, just haven't gotten it off the floor yet. You know, it's—it's all there. I just need to get it out there.
0: Are you still doing the photography?
1: Not as much as I used to, but yeah, yeah, I still do some of it, you know. Um, I don't hunt for the work. I never really did hunt for it, but I still shoot stuff for people all the time. You know, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it a lot. Are you
0: doing any writing?
1: No, I haven't done any writing in a long time. No time? Yeah, I just don't have the extra time, really, so.
0: How many hours a day are you here now? Are you working?
1: I don't know. I'm here at the shop. I stay pretty late if I can. You know, I'll stay till eight or nine or whatever, but it just depends on uh, what I got going on. You know what I mean, and how I feel and stuff like that. But it's been been busy a lot.
0: Any uh, any new uh, any new tools?
1: No, no, haven't really bought any new equipment in a long time, man.
0: You got everything you pretty much need to take care of. Who's painting your bikes now? Are you still using one person, Are you using a, a different people, or
1: I always keep a couple people. Usually, two or three people that I like to work with, you know, de- depending on the type of look we're going for, you know. Darren's done the last couple for me out of liquid, and uh, he's just badass. You yeah, know, he's, he's fun to work with. Man. I'm going to
0: get him on this. Yeah, yeah. That guy, he's I, sick. I, he, <laughs> I I, You know, when I drove in 2007, I drove to Jesse's for uh, one of his no love parties, and uh, I stopped in St. Louis, and I called Darren, I'm like, hey, man, I'm coming through St. Louis. Uh, I need a place to crash for a night. And he's like, oh, yeah, dude, cool. Yeah, right on, bro. And he's, like, giving me directions. He's like, here's what you want to do, man. When you're coming out of Chicago, you're going to take the double nickel, Highway 55. Uh The double nickel into St. Louis, bro. And then, you know, right where that arch is, man, I'm, like, two miles from there, bro. You can see it, like, from my shop, bro. And (laughs) he's in (laughs) East St. Louis, like, and, and he's just in this... I don't know if his shop's still there or not, but that guy... That guy has done me solid more than anybody as far as, like, I won't even... I still send my stuff to him in Florida. I'm just, you know, the guy... Yeah, he's is, a great guy. The guy is, like, the best. And so I go to his house, and he's got this... Really nice pad, yeah. and, his, and his wife is beautiful girl, and she, she's in like uh, she, I think she does pharmaceutical sales or something. Like really, like nice, like really important. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. I, I think every one of us. I definitely married up, and he definitely married up too. And we're watching, uh, we're watching hockey with him, and he doesn't he where he lives is an old neighborhood. He doesn't live there anymore, but like you know in Detroit where like the houses were built and there's no parking in front. You can yeah. park in the street there's no driveway because the houses are close together yeah. and he's got a garage out back in the alley he's like and i had my west coast chopper and another dude's west coast chopper this guy lives up in connecticut and i'm driving to la and he's like nah bro dude they'd be fine in the back of the truck man i'm like, <laughs> I'm like really and he's like yeah dude i'm total. i'm telling you bro just don't even don't even sweat it bro just sleep right here bro and i think i slept 15 minutes in it on his couch and i ended up sleeping out in the in the truck because i thought man i don't know where i'm at or nothing and he comes out he's like bro dude what are you doing out here i'm like man i'm just sleeping out here he's like no bro you gotta come in the house bro i'm like i I can't i can't my whole like my whole world like lives in the back of this truck and someone else is like i can't can't do it man yeah so i ended up peeling out of there like five in the morning that but that guy is just a solid dude, you know. Um, his shop and I didn't put two and two together, but his shop is where Indian Larry and Billy went on their uh, when they were doing their build off against each other on the way to Sturgis. That was the shop they stopped at, where they had Indians Indian Larry's bike driving the rollers to start Billy's whole lot of Rosie bike. Oh, that right was on! At, that was at at Darren's shop.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool, man. Yeah,
0: because Mid USA Parts is right around the corner from there.
1: Oh, right on! Yeah, yeah. So yeah he's he's cool man he's i like working with him i really do who's doing your seats nowadays George still does
0: them
1: yeah Yeah. cool awesome yeah George is still doing my seats for me and i've got a project coming up that um paul's gonna do a seat for me on but most of the time it's just george right have you
0: uh, have you do you have you know are you you're still getting you, are you building engines here or are you getting you get your engines pretty much from
1: I would use a lot of S&S and whatnot, you know. Um, you know, if we come across something that somebody has a motor they want us to use or they want an original or something like that, we'll find it for them and mm-hmm. I'll have somebody build it. But I'd have I'd have, I'd have uh, broils to it, you know what I mean? Like, Right. I could play around with engines, but it's not my bag. You know, I, I'll give it to, to Steve. You know, he he's spent his whole life, he's... Totally about motors, you know what I mean? Like, he he is much happier shaping metal and fab and stuff than I am, you know, micing out rings and crap like that. You got a crew these days that work with you? No, man, just pretty much working by myself most of the time.
0: Yeah, is that the way you like it, or is it just what business dictates? Or it's both,
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's both, man. I like to listen to my jazz and I don't got to deal with any bullshit. That's it man you know i can I can turn on my jazz and kick back and work all day with it, and do not gotta listen to any bullshit It's cool with me
0: what bogs you down the most in your business, if anything? what's the one component the business
1: you... of doing business man? that was always the, <clears throat> it's the tough part of it you know it's it doesn't bog me down as much, but you know sometimes it's it, it it's uh it's sometimes it's tough because you think like I try to plan out my week a little bit, you know, every week. Like I know what I want to try to get done this week. And it bums me out when, you know, Sunday night, you're like, you're thinking you're getting excited. Like, oh, cool. I'm going to be doing this, this, and this this week. And then, you know, Friday night or Saturday, when you get out of here, usually I don't work weekends, but you know, you get out of here at the end of the week and you're like, oh man, didn't totally didn't get that much done. You know what I mean? Because you're on the phone or you're, you got pulled away from something, and you know, you'd be surprised what what happens in a day. Sometimes it's stuff comes out of, you know, comes out of nowhere, and it's like you got to deal with it now. So,
0: so when you're when you're you're a one man show, then so you're you know you're the one that's going and doing the banking. You're the one that's doing the accounting. You're the one you know the day to day stuff anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, at what point do you go? You know, fuck this! I'm. Um, this is the, this is the one part of my business if you could have, you know, if you could just plop a robot and it did the one thing. What, what is that? I mean, are you con- answer are you- the phones? Answer the phones.
1: Yeah, you know, it's that's probably the 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 one thing that it um. You know, some days, man, that thing just doesn't stop ringing. It rings all day long, and you you'll you'll be on the phone all day almost. You know, and then other days. It'd be pretty quiet, but that's the one thing that w- would be really helpful: just to have somebody that handled the phones and you know the questions and all that stuff. The social media would be cool too. Somebody like actually post pictures and stuff would be really cool. I, I
0: yeah, I guess that's the hardest part. It's like I you introduced me; you are responsible for every f- fucking dollar. I I can't I, you know that's. I'll, I'll give you an example. I bought a pair of work boots this this summer. <laughs> And i couldn't buy I couldn't just go buy a pair of work boots, and i don't, and this is just something that I got from working with you that you know there there's certain things you spend money on and certain things you don't. so I bought a pair of handmade three hundred and fifty dollar red wing boots, and I, you know what i mean and i'm I'm happy for it, but it's like I got this little voice in my head that you put there <laughs> if I've got any anything out of the whole deal it's I, I don't know. I, it's, you've, you've kind of, you do that I, and it's good that you do that and I'm not complaining at all. I I, I kid around that it's a bone I got to pick with you, but I, I find myself doing that, you know? I don't and, know,
1: man. I think a lot of people spend, sometimes you spend more money on things that you don't really use in your, in your life, your real life that much. You use it in the life you think you're living. You know what I mean? That's a good point. As opposed to, you know, like I'm in my boots all the time. You know, I wear either work boots or Western boots almost all the time i hardly ever wear any other kind of shoes so yeah usually i spend good money on my boots because i know i wear them all the time i'll beat them up and wear them out you know and same with i don't know anything like that stuff you use all the time man don't don't chintz on it you know you know what i mean like i'm not i'm not gonna be wearing like uh some kind of crazy ass like beaver coat all the time at work. So <laughs> why would I spend like <laughs> ten Gs on a coat that I'm like never gonna wear? You know, wicked
0: nanny goat. Yeah, like, you know. know,
1: you know what I'm saying, dude. Like I'm gonna spend all this money on something I'm gonna wear like you know once a week if I'm lucky. You know, like uh-uh. So I work too hard for my money, man, to be blowing it. You know,
0: good point. What's uh, so let's what's what's the um, what's the future? for you guys, infinite, you know, not the immediate future, but I mean, what's your goal with Voodoo? I mean, do you look at it from a day to day? Are you like, you know what, at some point in time, I want to put this thing somewhere. How do you, how are you going to package Voodoo up and give it some sort of legacy? I mean, is it late? Is the legacy just going to be air gorgeous? Is the legacy, I mean, is it possible for it? You know, I mean, obviously, um, you're, as long as you're here on this earth and you have your faculties, you're going to be bend and metal and stuff. I don't mean that it's not, but I mean, how long can it be a one man show? And and when does it, is it when it's not a one man show anymore, it doesn't exist or, or how do you see that? I mean, what's your goal? Do you have a goal like that?
1: Absolutely. Man, absolutely. Um, That's an interesting choice of words. Legacy, eh? You know, Voodoo Choppers is sort of my legacy, you know, and, and, what I do, and the things I've done, you know. You touch a lot of different lives when you build motorcycles, and that's what's cool about it, because you get to give people something that, for some people it's just a whim, you know, it's just something they think they want, and for other people it's something they've always wanted. And I think it's pretty cool because... You get to reach out pretty far with a lot of people, and you get to know them really well. You know, I've made a lot of friends, man. Almost every one of my clients over the years is still a personal friend, you know. We talk on the phone, we text, and keep in touch with them a lot, you know. That's pretty cool. You get to hear from them. And the other cool thing is, too, is like like if a bike flips hands, you know what I mean? And you always hear back from them.
0: How do you, how does that, that's something that I always have a problem with when, and I, you know, I, I touched on this when I I talked with other people and I don't consider myself and, and I just don't, and it's, and it's okay that I don't, I'm not, I'm not a builder. I, I'm, I'm a bike mechanic and I'm a bike business person and, you know, I built my shop. I feel like I built my shop with my own two hands. I, I really do feel like that. Um, I had help obviously, but, um, I don't consider myself a builder because I've never locked myself in a room with some machines and some metal and some tires and, and ridden something out the other side. Now, I've put bikes together and stuff like that, but you are a builder. So you have like this 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 attachment. Like how do you – when when someone I know builds – when I put a bike together for somebody and, they, and it changes hands, I kind of lose something in that. You know, how do you, what does that make you feel like?
1: No, it doesn't, I don't think of it that way, you know, to me, I sort of like, there's a couple of things that are cool about it. You know, the first thing is like the majority of the bikes I've built over the years, I'll see pictures of them years later, not a thing has changed on it, not even the grips. And to me, that's like, that's pretty kick-ass, you know, when a bike has either been with the same owner for a period of time or has flipped and nothing's been changed on it you know you 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 like nailed it right then and there from day one you know that's pretty cool and the fact that when a bike does change hands i think it's cool because it's like a whole different chapter for that bike and a whole different life for somebody else you know what i mean it's like like uh i remember last year i heard about a couple of different bikes that i had done you know and and you you, you know you see them in different parts of the world or different parts of the country you know and it's I think it's just totally cool, you know it doesn't really bother me at all, I think it's cool.
0: You mentioned earlier that you um <clears throat> that you know when you build a bike for somebody you know you have that that, that relationship with them and your friends with them and stuff like that. Um, where is where are you know like where's gold digger? Do you know where gold digger's at? You know or, or the dirty horror or dirty hooker Dirty <laughs> boar, <laughs> dirty hooker i mean yeah. that bike was one of my favorites that you did and then you had burgundy and you know i mean there was like that little that little era of you know i mean do you know where your bikes are
1: at uh not all of them but some of them yeah yeah some of them i do uh hooker's still in michigan he's a good friend of mine the, the guy that owns that you mm-hmm. know he and i have become really good friends over time um burgundy i think is still down in the florida area i think um Jinx is... That was in Jersey at one time, was it not? Uh, yeah, that I think that's on the East Coast somewhere recently. That one, they just got in touch with me. I love Jinx, and I love Wingman. Last year. Wingman is still, I think, in Michigan. That one flipped hands recently. Like, I think within this last year, that changed hands. Um, I know Paciencio is in uh That's in Florida. in Florida, yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah, I haven't heard from him yeah I don't think that's changed hands in a while um i don't know dude yeah it's cool it's 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 cool you know i think i think that's all part of the the story of it you know what i mean like i think it'd be cool to to know the history behind each bike you know where it went, where it went after it left my hands you know
0: you said that um you can tell when somebody's or you you can you said that sometimes someone wants a bike because it's what they've always wanted Mm -hmm. and obviously if somebody's always wanted something and they've always wanted a voodoo chopper i mean there's something to be said for that but you said there's other people that buy them on a whim can you disseminate that out i mean do you know does that change obviously it doesn't change your
1: final product because your name's on it but does it change i guess i was speaking more to the fact and you don't see that really that much anymore, but you know, when it was really hot and, you know, when we were like backlogged so far out, um, and you know, people were, we were doing, I was doing estimates like constantly, you know, and because people were just, you know, choppers are hot, choppers are crazy, you know, and everybody wanted a chopper and, and, uh, you didn't have all the, the small manufacturers building chops you know so people wanted to either chop their bike or buy a chopper and you know we were just booked crazy man and i think then a lot of those a lot of the customers we were getting were just you know people that that's just what they wanted at the time you know they didn't really have i don't think they had any plans on owning a handcrafted bike at any particular time in their life you know Mm -hmm. they just sort of decided that's what they wanted today does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, I it's think not a right or wrong that's thing. Really it's just a, that's really kind of type of person. That's, that's right.
0: kind of where I thought it would it would it would go. Um, I had I had asked you like if you like you said you had a goal. I asked you what your goal would be, and you didn't answer that. What's the legacy of Voodoo Choppers is, is you, obviously, yeah. and what you've done <clears throat> because no matter everything, everything you is do is part of my legacy, you know. Yeah, exactly, um, and it's not it's not one dimensional at all, but what's your goal? I mean, what, what's your next step? What what is the next thing you do? I mean, you've done so much you've got, I mean, you, you know, your walls are full of bikes that have been in magazines and you've been on TV and you've done, you know, you've done just about everything that, that, that everybody else has. that's successful. Um, what's your, what's your goal and what's your end game? Is that something you can, you can put your finger on or is it something you're not ready to share or something that you just kind of
1: something I'm not ready to share just yet? You know, i I can tell you that I'm, uh, I'm exactly where I want to be right now and uh, I'm really blessed where I'm at and I, I love where where I'm at you know what I mean so I'm real happy where I'm at and uh, it's taken a long time to get me to that point where I smile a lot I, I'm real happy all the time and I love what I do you know so um, I'm exactly where I want to be right now you That's know cool. and I'm, I'm uh, I love teaching people and giving back and Um, getting other people excited and and getting other people working with their hands is really cool you know because I don't think enough people work with their hands anymore people forget the simplicity and the um, nurturing value and the respect that they get themselves when they work with their hands and it's not about turning around and making a motorcycle it's could be as simple as making you know a greeting card for your in a wife or something like that or your daughter you know what i mean but there's a lot of respect and value in that that people overlook i think you know it's, simplicity is sometimes a lot stronger than anything else
0: what's your uh what would be your plan b if you couldn't if you couldn't be where don't you want to be right now
1: don't need one seriously like this is what i love to do so this is I'm what good working do. with my hands right I can work with my hands the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Like, I guess a plan B would be, uh, um, teaching, you know? Right. I'd probably look into teaching more. Um, or even if I wasn't building motorcycles, I'd still work with my hands. Maybe work with wood or, you know, become a cook or something like that. I don't know. (laughs) You know what I mean? But I I don't really have a plan B where I would say, you know, I'm going to be a, um, day trader or something or, you
0: know so nothing 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 sticks out that's eluded you you like you know what I, I still like there's things I want to do and one of those things I want to do is I'm going to go do this and it's not my, going to be my vocation but it's going to be something that, that is something that I wanted to do
1: no because you know what um, when things like that are come into my life I do them you know like the photography is a good example you know that was sort of like just happened over time started getting into it um like in the early 2000s and just sort of went from there. And then eventually people were hiring me to do that stuff, you know, and, uh, and I really got into it and I, I really enjoyed a lot, you know, and, and, uh, something I think if I wanted to, I could probably make a living doing it, but I'd have to work. I'd actually have to go out and sell it. I don't really (laughs) want to do that because it's fun. You know what I mean? Like I purposely don't do portrait work and i purposely don't do family crap and, that and go do a stuff. wedding no no. I no interest in doing that kind of stuff because it's not what i enjoy doing right know? i couldn't imagine being a wedding photographer jesus no. i would stress me out beyond life, you <laughs> i know, know yeah you'd be I'm i like, think
0: you would be smoking or something weird you know dude i, mean? I just wouldn't <laughs> dig it
1: i i just i couldn't deal with that that's a lot of that's crazy stress those guys deal with man so i, I wouldn't want that responsibility you know like I just couldn't deal with it. I, I, I wouldn't want to. You know, it doesn't sound like fun to me. <laughs> you know, getting yelled at and shit all the time by, like, crazy women and stuff. Because
0: and you didn't get a picture of their Aunt Melba that died in between now and then. Uh, yeah,
1: you got, like, you know, I, I just wouldn't want that. You know, have people yelling at you and stuff because you need to pick, take a picture of this person or you you miss this person falling down or whatever. I, you know, I just don't <laughs> want to do that. <laughs>
0: well cool man I think this is probably a good place to wrap it up I appreciate your time for doing this for me and uh, I'll get better at this hopefully and uh, I I want to be able to do this again at some point in time So,
1: anytime brother cool man you have been listening to the Hell on Wheels podcast with your host Jason Holman thank you for listening remember to rate us on iTunes